Magin Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze Vayetze Yaakov Midir Yaakov's on the move. He's on the move. And he has this whole tumult with Lovan. When he shows up at Lovan's house, the Pasuk says, right, he's, he meets Rachel at the well, he hugs her, he cries, there's like a whole crazy thing over there. He gives her a kiss. Yaakov is the, is, is the, the king of kisses. It's interesting. If you want to know the, 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 what the, the amkos of a, of a Nashika is, you learn that from Yaakov. Then he shows up at, at Lovin's house. Now, last time, we had Eliezer showing up at Lovin's house. He comes running outside, right? So this time, too, Lovin comes running outside. But the Pasuk here says something different. The Pasuk here tells us that when Lovin heard Yaakov's name, he came running out. And I was trying to figure out, like, why is this Pasuk telling us that what made Lovin excite, excited was the name. What was it about Yaakov's name that got Lovan pumped? Okay, so I have two thoughts. Let's see if I can remember them. Number one, Yaakov is a lotion of Akev, the heel. It's the bottom of the bottom of the body. It's trodden on, which is also very symbolic of Klai Yisrael. That's kind of our place in the world. When Lovin heard that there was an Akev in town, that Yaakov was here, he said, this is someone I could take advantage of. Ah, Yaakov. And he was pumped about that. I'm going to squeeze every dime and nickel out of him. Okay, we know that Yaakov didn't show up with any money because Alifaz took it all. But um, Lovin Taka took huge advantage of Yaakov, right? The second territory is very similar. It's that, uh, why was he so excited to hear Yaakov's name? Why did Yaakov get the name Yaakov? Because he had that whole back and forth with Esau coming out of the womb of who should be first, who should be the Bachar. And Yaakov was grabbing onto Esau's ankle. Love and heard that. Again, he's like, I can take advantage of this. How? I'll tell you how. Isaiah, I want to say, I want, I want to get seven years of work out of him, right? I could get 14 if I make a shtick with Rachel and Leah. This whole Taina to Yaakov. Well, Yaakov's like, what are you doing? I, I, I worked for Rachel. What are you giving me Leia for? He says, ah, we don't know this is a to give the Tzira of Nehemachira. So there's a certain Kabima. The oldest comes before the youngest. And he knew that he could match stick with Yaakov. And the whole back, the whole machlekes between Lovan and Yaakov is very deep. It wasn't just, you know, a simple, you know, hey, working on seven years, ah, oh, working on seven years, give me the wrong wife, give me the wrong wife. There was very, there was, there was depth and, and, and chachma, there was a reason why Lovan was considered uh, an Arami. But when he heard that there was a Yaakov, his name was Yaakov, and then there was hak about who's the Bechor, he bought it from Esau. He's like, ah, now I can mach shtick. And by giving him the older, my Bechiris, my older daughter, for, for instead of the younger one, because maybe Yaakov, even though he, he, since he was holding on to Esau's ankle, maybe he has a din of being the Bechar. He, he took advantage of that. I heard, I heard a story, Remeich Biedemann says a story like this. There was a year from Eretz Yisrael that was collecting in America. And uh, he was making a wedding. He had a certain amount of money he needed to pull together. And he had a guy in America who was going to drive him around. It was a relative, a friend. The kids are, he wakes up early in the first morning, his rear went to go. This is my chance. And he has to take advantage of every every minute he has in America because just the ticket. You have to borrow money to, to fly into America and you have to make that back. And 
he wakes up, he davens early. And after shul, there's no one, uh, no one picking him up. What's he supposed to do? So he calls up his friend, and he hears his friend on the phone. Nothing. Voicemail. Calls again, no answer. Calls again, no answer. He's like, ah, what am I supposed to do? He has no idea where to go. This guy knew the destinations, you know, which house, which neighborhoods. What do I do? I'll go to the Rabbana Shalalim. So he went back to Shul, and he sat down with his Talim. He said in the davening, and after this later minion that he's learning through, a Yid walks over to him and he says, see he's saying Talim, do me a favor, say Talim for me. He says, what's the matter? You okay? You sick? What's up? He says, no, I have a very, very big court case this, this, today, and it's, it's like make it or break it, millions of dollars on the line. I hired a top-notch lawyer, but I, I, I'm saying, I'm going to bench you Do me a favor. You seem to be tight with Hashem. Send in a good word. I said, sure, no problem. In fact, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be right here the whole day. Here's my phone number. Let me know what happens. Okay. This guy, a businessman, heads out into court. It was a huge case, and he was getting sued for, like, every penny that he owned. The entire business was going to tank if he didn't make this, this claim, this plea. He shows up in court, and his lawyer is a no-show. He paid a fortune for this guy. The guy didn't show up, and he's sitting there in court sweating buckets. And when it's your slot, it's your slot. And he sits down at the defense table, and the judge looks at him, and he says, what's your plea? There's no one there with him, so he gets up, and he says, all right, this is what I got. I'm innocent. And he explains his, his, his case, he explains his side, and the prosecutor says his piece. The judge looks around and he says, you know what? I'm remarkably impressed that you were to show up here with a no lawyer. You yourself defending your own case. He says, the fact that you were able to defend yourself shows that you are confident and you believe in that you're innocent. Case dismissed. out of court like cloud nine. He calls up his lawyer. Does not be done what happened. Where were you? The lawyer says, I'm so sorry. I have to tell you, I've been in this job for years, for decades. Never have I ever slept, overslept like this. I'm sorry. He says, you know what? You don't have to be sorry. I'm not paying you a penny. You didn't show up. And I won the case anyways. Yeah, I said, oh, I'm glad I worked out well. He pulls out a number from his pocket and says, Yid saying, tell him from in shul. He said, that oh, is amazing. He's like, you know what, I'm not going to call him. I'm going to go see him in shul. And he drives straight to the shul. And he shows up and the Yid is still sitting there saying, tell him. He has nowhere else, nowhere else to go, nothing else to do. He walks over to the Yid and says, I, I can't tell you what just happened. It's amazing. And he writes him out a check. He says, you have no idea, I just, I just saved millions of dollars and I'm sure that I had something to do with your tefillahs. And he promised you, the whole trip was done because of this one check. In the meantime, you get this year who's sitting in St. Tillum gets a call from his friend, from his cousin. And he was supposed to take him around that day. He says, I'm so sorry. You have no idea. This hasn't happened to me in decades. For some reason today I overslept. Imagine the same words that the lawyer used. And 
He says, you know what? It's Menashemayim. And the Menashem orchestrated for two people who don't oversleep to oversleep. Because it has nothing to do with them. Is it supposed to make a certain amount of money collecting? He'll make it. And if, the, and if the, this guy is supposed to win his court case, he's going to win. Lawyer or no lawyer. But they're, but they're, they're about to tell him, what we need to do is call out to Hashem. The British don't get answers. We will be Zaycha to have that connection with Hashem, to feel comfortable talking to him and join together with everyone else at uh, the BS God Tzadik with every name. Amen.